0: Before we begin, I want you to know that I do know that it was Paul that wrote 1 Corinthians. I always mix up Paul and Peter, but that was the first time I ever threw John into the mix. I don't know where that came from. That didn't make any sense. I didn't even start with a P. But um, it's a rough day today. I'm torn with emotions. I'm going to truly miss being your pastor. I'm going to miss being here. Miss the friendships. hope so we're going to get through this last sermon together. Amen. So have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 12. Maybe that's where I got John at, right there. John chapter 12. We read the first verse, eight verses here in this minute. But today we're take, partaking of the Lord's Supper. And I said last Sunday, it's, per, it's perfect that we're finishing my time here with a meal. Because the first time I ever came here, they had a a potluck after the church service. And he fed me and I never left. So, So it's good we're closing it this way. But in our sermon today, we're going to pay close attention to the fact that Jesus longed to share that final meal with his disciples before he fulfilled his mission. And it's very important in our Christian life that we long to be close to him. The way he cares for us is the way we should care for him. And we live in a world that's continually trying to pull us away from him. We battle with desires of the flesh that separate us from him. And it is easy for us to feel distant from God from time to time. We feel like if we're not being pulled away, that we're moving away from him for whatever reason. David knows what it was like to feel this way when he wrote Psalms 13.1. David said, How long will thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long will thou hide thy face from me? David got into a position in his life where he felt like God wasn't there anymore. That God didn't care about him and God didn't hear him. But that's never the truth. There are times when our prayers don't seem to be heard. And we feel far from God. But the truth is, he's always there. Wanting us to come closer to him. Wanting us to cry out in prayer. Wanting us to read his word. Wanting us to to realize that that relationship is a two-way street. And he'll only go so far, and he wants us to come to him. And now is the time to get closer to Jesus than you've ever been before. Each day is a day to grow, draw closer to him. So today we're going to look at this story about Lazarus' sister Mary and how she shows us the kind of relationship that we need to have with Jesus Christ, the kind that the Lord wants us to have with him. So let's read John chapter 12, first eight verses. And The Bible says, and Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had died, whom he raised from the dead. There they there they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then Mary, then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was not the ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief, and had had the bag and bare, uh, what was put therein? And then said, Jesus, let her alone. Against the day of my burying hath she kept this. For the poor always ye have with you, but with but me ye have, but not always. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we thank you for this time. Father, I thank you for this church, and I thank you for these people. Lord, I thank you for your word. And Lord, I try to break the bread of life to them every Sunday. And we'll do that right now. And Father, this is not my message, this is yours. And I just want to do what you tell me to do, every time you tell me to do it. So Lord, help us now, Lord, as we uh, dig deep into your word. Not just to see what it says, but see what you're saying to us. Touch our hearts and open our eyes. And let us see how we need to be closer to you. For course, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Many times when we look at this story about the, in the life of Jesus, we focus on the price of the ointment or, or we focus on Judas' anger. Because Judas kind of reveals himself here who he truly is. Kind of reveals what's going to happen later when he's going to betray Jesus for, for money. Before we take communion, let's look closer at Mary's desire to be close to Jesus. And let's see what we can do to have this kind of relationship with our Savior. First of all, we need to see that Jesus wants us to be confident in him. Look at verses 1 and 2 again. It says, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was was which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. And there they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Well, it's easy for us to understand that Mary was very confident in the Lord. She was very confident in what Jesus was able to do, because Lazarus was sitting at the table eating supper. where just a few days later, he was dead and buried. She was there when Jesus raised him from the dead. Back in John chapter 11, just a a page over, starting verse 38, the Bible says, And Jesus therefore, again moaning in himself, cometh to the grave. And it was a cave and a stone laid on it. And Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. And Jesus said unto her, I say, Say I not unto thee, that if thou shouldst believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I say it that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came bound, came forth bound head to foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound with a, about with a napkin. Jesus said to him, Loose him and let him go. Mary was there. She saw that all Jesus said was, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came out of that grave. And now her brother is sitting at the table beside Jesus. There's no doubt that she had absolute confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we should too. We should never get to that point where we doubt God's love for us, or we doubt that he cares for us, or we doubt that he is intervening in our life. We were all once dead in sins, and now we have eternal life only because of Jesus. So in order to get close to Him, you have to realize you need to be confident in who He is. Confident that He's your Savior. Confident not just because one day He's going to come and call and you're going to go meet Him in the sky, and you're going to go be with Him forever and eternity in heaven, but be confident that whatever you're going through in your life right now, He's in control of that. Be confident that Jesus loves you beyond measure, and He will never fail you. And he wants us to be confident in him. Second, he wants us to be committed to him. Look at verse 3. Then took Mary a pound of uh, ointment, of spikenard, uh, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Mary was committed. And the Lord wants us to be committed like Mary. Think about her commitment for a second. She was committed with her presence. All right? At this time, it was dangerous to be with Jesus. It was dangerous for him and for his followers ever since he raised Lazarus from the dead. Because in John chapter 11, John chapter 11, um, verse 53 and 54, it says, and from that day forth, they took counsel together for to put him to death. And Jesus, therefore, walked no more openly with the, among the Jews, but went hence into a country near into the wilderness, into a city called Ephraim, and there continued with his disciples. After he raised Lazarus from the dead, he left. He knew that the Jews were planning to kill him, he knew they wanted him dead, but it was not yet his time, and so he left. And now he's back, and now he's openly. Having dinner at someone's house. So by by her very presence being in that house, she was putting herself to let the world know that she stood with Jesus Christ. She was there when she could have walked away like the others did. In John chapter 6. In John chapter 6, starting verse 57. It says And as the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father so he hath, that eateth me shall even he shall live by me. And this is that bread which cometh down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead, he that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things he said these things said he in the synagogue, as he taught in Capernaum. And many therefore of the disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying, Who can bear it? Then Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it. And he said unto them, Doeth this doeth this offend you? What if, and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before. It is the spirit that quickeneth, and the flesh uh, profiteth nothing. And the words that I speak unto you, are in, are, they are spirit, and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not, and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore I say unto you that no man can come unto me except that it is given unto him by my Father. And from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Jesus had developed a following. But when they finally, Jesus said the words that they needed to hear, the words that were true, that he was the bread of life and and that people had to partake of him in order to have eternal life. And this was hard for the Jews to understand. And, And so it kind of weeded out the herd. Jesus already knew who was committed to him and who wasn't. So, when they heard that, they left. But Mary didn't leave. And you have to decide to commit your life to Christ. You can't just walk that fence, you have to make a commitment. The world has to know where you stand and who you stand for. She was there to serve God, and she used her hair, and she was willing to serve Jesus with all she had. Are you willing to serve the Lord? Are you willing to give him all that you have? If she is using her hair, then she must be on her knees before the Lord. And that's where we need to be. Bow down, worship, and service. And Mary was totally committed with her presence. Her hands, her hair, her heart. But she was also committed with her possessions. This ointment was very expensive. And it shows the depth of her love for Jesus. We read that Judas knew it. He knew the cost of this. He said it was uh, 300 pence, which is uh, uh, 300 days' work for a man. Not for a woman, but for a man. So it was a year's pay. And Mary used that ointment. That would have taken a, a, a man a year to collect the money to buy. And Mary gave Jesus the best she had. Listen. I want you to put yourself in Mary's position, okay? Mary and Martha and, and Lazarus were uh, brothers and sisters. They lived together. She had just seen Lazarus die. Now, I don't know what you know about the, the, this time of Jesus, but women had a hard life. They didn't make a whole lot of money. There wasn't too many jobs for them. Lazarus probably made the money, and she'd seen him die. Everything in her might have been saying, I need to keep this. I need to keep this and store it away. I need to keep this because one day me and, may, me and Martha may have to sell this to buy food or to keep our home. And, and I just can't, I can't, I can't waste this. I've got to save it. But when Jesus came back, you got it, broke it, used it on him, every drop. Why? Because he was the most important thing. Listen, if you hold on to something thinking that I might need this in the future and, and, and I need to have this, then who are you trusting in? God or the thing you're holding on to? If you're going to be committed with your possessions, you have to give everything to the Lord. You have to realize that he gave you everything, and you have to give it back to him. She was fully committed. It's because she had her right priorities of her life. Jesus knew this. In verse 7 and 8, he defended her, and Jesus said, Let her alone. Against the day of my burial hath she kept this? For the poor always you have with you, but you have me not always. She said, "Leave her alone." She done what was right. Mary knew what mattered in life. How did she know that? Because sometimes I think we—it's we, easy for us to forget that. But she knew what was best. How'd she know? Back in Luke chapter 10, in this same story, John doesn't mention it, but Mark and and, and Matthew mention it. In Luke 10, verse 38, it says, Now it came to pass as they went, and he entered into a certain village, a certain woman named Martha received uh, received him in her house. And she had a sister called Mary, Which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about with much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister have left me alone, left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled for many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Jesus came to their house, and Martha was so, so worried about serving, so, so worried about setting a table for everybody, make sure everybody got fed, make sure everybody got served. And Mary just sit there at his feet and listen to him. And Jesus said, you're so careful about all these other things. You're so careful about the things that you think you need to be worried about. And Mary was only concerned about listening to what I have to say, and I'll not take that away from her. Mary knew what she needed. She loved the Lord, and because she was listening to him, she understood that her heart was right. And the more we really listen to Jesus, the more we will love him. And we will be committed to him. And if you want to give God your best, you must first spend time in his presence. Spend time in prayer and reading his word. You'll never make the right decisions in your life if you're constantly thinking about what you need to do. Because we can justify anything. But the Bible says, give me your best. Give me your all. Jesus said, I don't want you to be lukewarm. I'll spew you out of my mouth. I want you to give me everything that you have. All your heart. All your soul. All your might. All your talent. All your money. Everything you have, give it to me. And I'll bless you. But if you hold anything back, if we wanted anything on Wednesday night, if you hold anything back and count on that, then that's an idol in your life. And you're not trusting fully in the Lord. Mary shows us the kind of relationship the Lord wants us to have, to be fully committed to him. Third, Jesus wants to care for us. We saw that as uh, he defends her against Judas. Judas attacks. Most of us have a hard time trying to understand Judas. I know I do. To see all that he saw, to hear, hear what he heard from Jesus, to walk with Jesus all those years and still reject him. It's hard for me to understand. But it all comes back to selfishness and sin. And Satan here uses Judas to attack Mary. And he can find ways to attack us. Mary was attacked, but she also had a Savior. Jesus said, leave her alone. And he defends us. He already has. By going to the cross for us, Jesus delivered us from sin, death, and hell. If you're lost today, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I need you to understand something very specifically. That Jesus cares for you. Whatever sin you've committed, whatever sin you will commit, he knew about it on the cross and he died for those sins. He was totally committed to you to give you eternal life. And if you're walking without him today, it's by your choice and not by his. Put your trust in him because he cares for you. And the relationship we have with God is based on how much he cares for us, not how much we care for him. His love will never change. Our love fluctuates. But his care never does. And finally, Jesus also wants us to know that he approves of us. In Matthew chapter 26, In Matthew chapter 26, uh, verses 11 through 13 says, For you have the poor always with you, but me you have not always. For For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body. She did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever this gospel shall be preached in the world, in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman hath done be told for a memorial to her. Look how Jesus commands her. He says she just didn't do the best thing she possibly could have done in this situation. She didn't show her complete and total commitment to me, but she done it in a way that I'm going to make her known throughout the world. Everybody reads this story. We can see what it takes to be committed to God, what it takes to be a, having a loving relationship with Him. Mary's stories in God's words, been told all over the world. From generation to generation, she's an example of giving God your best, and it's also an example of how God can use you to make a difference in the world. God used Mary, and He can use us too, even in difficult situations. In someone's darkest day, God can use you to be a blessing to them. And this world may never hear about the the, the way uh, hear about us the way they did Mary, but Jesus knows. And that's the most important thing. Mary couldn't care less. if We ever mentioned her name here today. She couldn't care less. She didn't do it so everybody would remember her. But Jesus remembers. And this is the kind of relationship Jesus wants with us. How obedient, how faithful, how willing are you to give your best to him? That even if we lose everything in this world, we are still more than conquerors because of him that loves us. Now is the time to get closer to Jesus more than you ever have. And it can start right now. We serve a loving God. His word is all about love and Jesus. You can see it in every word you look. And Jesus is his greatest gift to us. And as we prepare to receive communion today, understand that this is so that we never forget the relationship that we have. And we can be confident in him, and we must be committed to him. And it is with the giving of his body and blood we truly see how he cares for us. And Jesus approves of our life if we live for him. Everhead, you ever had eye closed just for a minute? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord. I think on my best day, I don't give you but a small portion of my life and my intention. Father, I understand that you called us to give us your all, our all. And, Father, that's what I want to do. Because, Father, you won't bless anything less. Father, we need to stop making excuses on why we can't and understand how important it is for us to do. Even if we don't see a way, you'll make a way. Father, we love you and we thank you. Father, we ask now, Lord, that you touch us. Lord, if there's anyone here who doesn't know you today, that doesn't have you in their heart, that doesn't have a relationship with you, I pray that they understand. Nothing will satisfy. Nothing will take away that hunger and that thirst that they have. They're longing for something. They're longing for uh, love, for attention, for someone to care about them, for someone to commend them. And they'll not find it in this world, but they'll find it in you. Because you're our loving Heavenly Father who sent your only Son to die for us that we can have eternal life through Him. Lord, help us to understand the importance of that. Lord, I pray that you take every Christian and just touch their heart. Open them up, Father. And let them see what's truly there. See how much time they spend in a relationship with you. Convict. And help us to turn. Because, Father, you don't want to punish Starting from verse 23. The Bible says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was uh, betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took the cup. And when he had supped, same This cup is the new testament of my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drinketh that cup, and he that eateth and drinketh that cup, eateth unworthily; eateth and drinketh damnation of himself, not discerning the Lord's body. So, what we're going to do is we're going to take a, uh, just a second, just a, a minute or two to have silent prayer, because this is very serious. The Bible says that for all of sin come short of the glory of God, and if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And when you come to this table. You better be clear of heart. Let God show you what's wrong in your life, and confess it, and repent, and turn away from it, and He will, He will heal you whole. And then you're worthy to come to this table. So, in a few minutes, just uh, pray silently and search your heart. Let's pray. Amen. As the deacons come forward, I just want to read a few verses in John. John chapter 6, verse 35. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life, and he that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Verse 47 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me have everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. And this is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and die not. I am that living bread which cometh, which came down from heaven. And if any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. <coughs> okay. <coughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. <coughs>